Welcome everybody to Dead Talk Live, and tonight we are joined by Tennille Re- I'm sorry, I always screw up the names in the opening uh, intro. <laughs> Tennille Reed from Surreal Estate. Tennille, thank you so much for being with us. How are you doing? Oh, I'm doing really great. Thanks. Thank you so much for having me. It's an honor to have you with us, and I'm really excited to talk about a lot of stuff. Uh, first off, I want to talk about... Uh, I've been reading a little bit about your bio and how you made your way as a Canadian down into Hollywood and into the American acting scene. So give us some insight on that. Oh, let's see. Where do you begin? <laughs> <laughs> well, let's start with this. I love asking this question. When did you realize at what age that acting is what you really wanted to do? Ah, oh, that's a good spot to begin because I was pretty young when that when that bug bit. Um, I think I owe it to like Growing Pains, that sh- TV show with Leonardo DiCaprio, who I think he was on it for a season, and yeah. I remember watching it one night with my mom, and I was like, "Mom, I think I want to be an actor. Can I? Can I get an agent?" <laughs> and my mom immediately said, "No," because <laughs> <laughs> I was like. Um, but after that I just kind of always engaged with like school plays and storytelling and um, whenever we could do like a skit for a project instead of writing a report I would I would be that kid (laughs) and uh, and that carried me through high school I did a bit of it in university um, and then I took some time and just kind of did not that. <laughs> I worked in like communications for a little while and then decided at one point um, that the call, the calling was just a bit too loud. And I stopped ignoring it and decided to plunge into a three year um, theater conservatory. Awesome. And, uh, and I've been acting ever since. That is it awesome. was kind of the best decision I could have made yes. to, to go back to school later in life and, and um, you know, get the craft, and get, get that under my belt. Did you have to, at the start of, of your career, did you have to, like, step away from Canada, come to the United States to get started, or did it all happen for you in Canada? It did. It did happen mostly in Canada. Um, my, I, when I finished theater school, I was doing some theater for a little while until I made that transition into film and TV. It was not an easy transition. <laughs> um, they say it's like it's the same thing. You just act a bit smaller. But for me, it was like mm, that's going to take a few years, yeah. which it did. <laughs> um, but it was here in Toronto that um, I landed some really great gigs like Schitt's Creek mm-hmm. and then Working Moms. Um, and I even uh, auditioned for Surreal Estate from Toronto. And I mean, it shot in St. John's, Newfoundland on the east coast of Canada. So I haven't had to um, go too far for work. But the shows have broadcasted. Uh, internationally, which yeah. has been to my advantage. Yeah, absolutely. Now, talking about working moms, that is what's listed as what really got you onto the map. What was that experience like for you? It was it was a lot of fun. 
It was a lot of fun. That's a, a force of a group to work with. And it was, I think, one of the first sets I was on that had, you know, so many women behind the camera. And that was really new. It was it was a very different vibe on set. Um, and yeah, it was really cool. And I just really loved the, um, the storyline that they gave to me. Um, it was something I'd never played before mm -hmm. and it was um, kind of wacky, but rooted in honesty and earnestness. And, and I, I had a good time exploring my character, Bianca, in that, Not, in that realm. I believe Working Moms lasted for what, three, four seasons? Yeah, yeah, I was there at the end of the second season through to the fifth season. And would you say that was like the biggest, you know, jump in your career that led to bigger and better stuff, lining you the role on surreal estate and so on? Yeah, I, I think so. I mean, who knows what happens behind, you know, casting doors and what they talk about, but it definitely felt like a, um, the pivotal production to be a part of it, it, because like, like I said earlier, it, it is shown across Netflix international and, mm -hmm. um, it became, um, it became what people would, you know, come up to me on the street and, and, and recognize me from, yeah. which is really cool. And, and they love like the fans of the show are so hardcore and they just, adore it so they they had no problem just you know approaching me and, and telling me how much they love the show and so I, I feel like that that is that that show for me now you mentioned uh auditioning for surreal estate how did that go was it a tape did you have to do multiple call-ins to get the part walk us through how you ended up getting the part on surreal estate yeah that was a tape um, it was in July of 2020 and not too much was casting in person. Mm -hmm. Most of it was all on tape. And, um, and so, uh, my agent gave me the script and I loved what I was reading and I put the scenes that they requested on tape and I didn't hear from them for maybe three weeks to a month. And Which then I got pretty common. Which is pretty common, and it, it's just the right amount of time to totally forget about it. <laughs> <laughs> so that when you do that, get that call, it's it's such a pleasant surprise and like a, uh, oh wait, what? <laughs> yeah, when you read the script for Surreal Estate, it is a different type of show. Uh, what did you think of it about the whole story? Uh, you know, these people that go around, real estate agents that clear houses of, uh, you know, entities that, you know, have not moved on. What, what were your initial feelings? I was really excited by the script that I read. I loved the humor that came up um, throughout it. Amidst all this scary stuff, <laughs> there was always humor and the writing was really strong. And when I was working on the scenes, just saying the lines w was easy for me to, to, to do. Like it wasn't effortful. It wasn't hard to get off book. There was something about it that 
um, that resonated with me. I think you've got this show that balances, you know, the spooky horror and the screams and the jump frights with a lot of relationship and a lot of humor. Yeah. And that's kind of a rare um, uh, recipe. Yeah. And so when I saw that, I was like, yes, yes, please. I'd like to, I'd like to be a part of that. <laughs> so when we watched the pilot, you were a big part of the pilot episode. Uh, were there any doubts when you signed on that you were just going to be there for one episode and then they changed their mind and they wanted to make you a regular? Or did you know right away that you were going to be in, or at least as of now, five episodes into the show? Yeah, I believe the show or the audition breakdown for me said it was um, a recurring role. Um, and definitely the pilot was um, Megan, my character, mm -hmm. um, Megan Heavy. Um, and so I wasn't sure how they would how they would play her out. Um, but, um, you know, after a few talks with my agent and then the show's creator, George Olsen, um, he, I was under the impression that they would write her in um, to further episodes. And um, I remember George sending me an email once and saying, well, we'll try and keep you having fun. <laughs> How do you feel about Megan sort of becoming Luke's uh, character love interest on the show? Yeah. <laughs> um, it's, it's pretty interesting. I think they're quite similar in some ways, but complete opposites in others. You know, like yeah. they're both logical and pragmatic um, and set in a reality <laughs> it's just that the realities are very different <laughs> yeah 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 i think they make a i think you guys make a great couple now is this your your first dive into a horror genre type show yeah to this extent for sure for sure what i love about surreal estate it captures like you said a little bit of everything it reminds you a lot about like Ghostbusters, the way they have these contraptions to capture the spirits, but there's a lot of character depth. Uh, just this last Friday, we got a deep dive into Adam's character, uh, Father Phil, which was great. And um, it seems that with every episode that we go on, we get to find out more about each individual uh character which i i love they're they're not rushing it it's a nice they're taking their time to present us the characters including megan donovan yourself in a not rushed fashion do you like that aspect of the storytelling that it's not really rushed yeah i do it's that slow burn um effect that is really satisfying and rewarding at the end because it allows you, as you're watching, especially right now, because it's being released weekly, mm -hmm. a new episode is re released each week. Um, it gives you time in between to kind of think about the characters, uh, come up with questions, um, 
and then the next episode you get just a little bit more of a reveal of um, a particular character or um, relationships between a couple of characters and I, I I do enjoy that in a in a viewing experience. Now, would you would you say your character Megan, when the sh- you know with the pilot, she was a complete skeptic, and would you call her a believer now with all the stuff that she has seen, or is I she still be... kind of on the fence? Yeah, I I think she's kind of on the fence still. I think she's uh, curious and open to possibilities but i i just think her scientific um rationale yeah that kind of rationale it's a hard thing to just toss aside and and jump in feet first in the opposite direction you know yeah yeah but i mean we'll see what happens in the following episodes and if that changes Um, yeah i'm (laughs) curious we have five episodes left to go and i believe we're getting a new one tomorrow uh megan is probably the most relatable character on the show when it comes to everyday people uh you just broke up uh like last episode or the episode before with your living boyfriend And that sort of opened the door for things to progress between you and Luke. Uh, Without telling us what we have not seen yet, do you like the trajectory that your two characters are on right now? Yeah, I I do. I think um, I think it's interesting to see two characters um, that are so opposite with different different footings in reality, mm-hmm. I guess, um, come together and get along. <laughs> I think it adds a kind of, well, I mean, they say opposite attracts, opposites attract, but also um, I think there's a resourcefulness when you put two completely different people together because one person is drawn from the other. Like it's an interesting dynamic that way. So, I I think the trajectory for those two characters could be a really interesting one yeah. in how they um, it how plays they out how it plays out. We <laughs> just gotta wait and see how that happens. Now, uh, Adam was our guest last week. Uh, I don't believe I asked him this question. Uh, did you guys were were you guys actually shooting? during the height of the COVID pandemic? Because I know you're done shooting all 10 episodes. Yeah, we we shot in 2020, September through to December. So it was, um, yeah, just basically the last quarter of, of last year. Um, and the pandemic definitely was going strong, but we were uh, part of the maritime bubble, which was all of the East Coast um, provinces. Yeah. And it was kind of um, a very protected area. You needed like government permission to just go there. Uh, you couldn't just visit. People who were from there couldn't even return, you know, yeah. if they didn't live yeah. there. So it was a very safe place to be. Mm-hmm. I mean, I, I don't even think they had any cases at one point. Wow. That's how safe it was. Yeah. So, you know, looking now that we're halfway through the season, 
what is the reaction that you're getting from fans? Do you see uh, the show uh, increasing in popularity? More people are hearing about it, watching it. Are you getting messages uh, in regards to the show? What is that like? Yeah, yeah. I think each week um, more and more people are hearing about the show and tuning in. I'm definitely getting more messages. It's it's wonderful on Twitter on Friday nights. The the core most of the the core cast uh-huh. um, has been live tweeting, and um, and so that's just been a wonderful kind of feedback loop to hear what other people are responding to and what they're liking and. Um, it's kind of like what you said earlier about how each episode reveals a little bit more. People are really curious about these characters and they want to know what's, what's their backstories, you know, where are they coming from? What are they going to do next? What's going to happen next? And that's, that's very exciting. Is there, uh, would you say Megan Donovan is the complete opposite of you? Do you guys have similarities as these episodes went on did you find the writers writing the character of megan donovan more around your personality um i mean i'm pretty pretty skeptical myself so i would say we we do uh match (laughs) in that way and i wouldn't say that i'm a non-believer but i um i i do I'm, I'm I'm pretty skeptical, or I mean, don't want to believe so much in like spooky things, <laughs> unless <laughs> unless it's like they're friendly spooky things. <laughs> I, I love that scene when you and Luke are sitting in the diner, uh, I believe, and uh, he basically says, "Well, I don't believe in ghosts either. I just work with them," and that's a yeah. very contradictory statement. Uh, no, I don't believe in them. I just work with them. Uh, what do you think about his whole take on this, on his work? Yeah. Yeah. Well, I mean, I think Megan is very much compelled by it and, and curious about it and him because that statement sums it up right there. It's like he's, he's very pragmatic about it and, mm-hmm. and, and rational. He doesn't believe in it. It's, it's simply his work. Like it's a very, it makes complete sense to him to yeah. say that sentence. <laughs> but to everybody else is like, okay, you don't believe in this, but you work with them. Okay. Yeah. Uh, so, I mean, I guess there's still a part of you that's skeptical. Uh, what, tell us what the, uh, the atmosphere is like on the set. How does everybody get along with each other? Uh, are you, have you guys become friends over the course of shooting those first 10 episodes? What is that like? Yeah, it was really nice to work with with them. Um, I would say uh, there were so many ingredients that made our friendships happen. Like everyone's super kind and nice to begin with, and super talented and 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 generous and warm. Like that was across the board. Couldn't have asked for better scene partners to yeah. play with. Um, also, we were all from different places um, coming to Newfoundland to shoot this. So we were all like, it kind of felt like this this surreal <laughs> uh, camp <laughs> where we were all working on a project together. So there was this common ground and. 
Um, we were all newbies to this place. So, um, you know, when we weren't shooting and we had some spare time, we would go out for dinner or a brunch here or there. And um, it was a wonderful way to, to decompress and also just exchange thoughts about our characters and the show and, and our experiences so far. Um, and we're all still in touch, even though we wrapped like back in December, you know, we're all in a group chat and, and, uh, just waiting to find out what the fate of the show is going to be. <laughs> that's, that's basically all we ever talk about. <laughs> <laughs> now, pretty much right after Megan meets Luke, you fire him, uh, you know, because, and that has happened to him quite a bit over the first five episodes. It's like, yeah. well, you know, you're here to fix the problem, fix the damn problem. Uh, do you think that's right? I think that's very realistic and probably would be the reactions of most people. Uh, did you find that credible and believable as well? I do. I did. Yeah, I definitely did. I think, I think when you sign on with a real real estate agent, you, um, you basically think it's a, it's a simple transaction. Here's your house, get some people in there, sell it. <laughs> <laughs> this situation is not what people kind of bargain for. If no. there's a, you know, a metaphysical, uh, metaphysically engaged house that we're talking about, all of a sudden there's this extra step in there in selling the house. And, you know, I, Megan didn't sign up for that. No. <laughs> Let me ask you this. This is an interesting question. So the way they dealt with the problem in your house is they sort of found the entryway, the portal in your basement that they basically just put a lid on it and it sort of stopped the spirits from coming in. If you were to put yourself in Megan's position and you were living that, would that be okay with you, skeptic or not? The fix to the problem is... Let's just seal the door and hope that no one comes through. If it was me, like yeah. Tennille? Yeah, Tennille. How would Tennille feel about living in a house like that? Hell no. <laughs> <laughs> no, done and done. Where's the hotel <laughs> or the Airbnb? Um, yeah, where do I submit my booking? <laughs> Yeah, I would have a very hard time staying in a house with a, a sealed, no matter how sealed it was, um, portal to wherever. wherever. Exactly. I'm right with you on that one. Uh, one of the scariest <laughs> scenes in the first few episodes is where Megan is watching the television and these terrifying images come up. And the next thing she knows, she wakes up and she's basically in the images with these beings cutting her open. And she actually wakes up with a real mark on her chest. What does that tell us about how real these, these, these experiences are? Is she dreaming? Are they actually happening? What's your interpretation of that? Well, I think that's kind of the, you know, the, the, the real kernel of Megan's tension and dilemma. It's, it's this, it's this strange things are happening that she can't logically make sense of, but physically 
they're happening physically she has a cut on her on her chest yeah um it's so so difficult for her to make sense of that and um she does not want to <laughs> you know admit that it could be something that can't be found in a textbook or that she hasn't been able to explore like really finitely yeah rationalize that it is something unexplainable um mm -hmm. i love the story with the house and how they uh they rode into it with luke's mom in that house we just saw a scene two episodes ago where luke actually for lack of a better term makes his move with you and he approaches <laughs> your house with a bottle of uh a wine i believe you let him in. He goes up to the library, I believe, on the second floor. And he has that whole interaction with his dead mother. Now, something to me, and this is up to interpretation, doesn't seem right with the spirit of her mom to me. It seems like it could be somebody mimicking his mom. Uh, maybe it's because we don't want to think any mom would be so cruel to her son, especially in death. Uh, what do you make of that scene? And of course, we're not asking for you to reveal anything moving forward, just focusing on that scene while you're downstairs getting the drinks ready and Luke's alone in that library and having that conversation with his dead mom. How do you interpret that scene? Mm -hmm. Well, I... I see it as um, an extension of what this house is capable of. I, Megan herself goes through these very specific hauntings that involve, you know, medical, clinical things. Yeah. I think what scares her the most is, you know, failing at, at becoming a doctor or, or failing while at being a doctor, you know? Yeah. Like, when it becomes life and death. Um, and I think that perhaps the house has that effect on, on Luke as well, in a way that perhaps his biggest fear, you know, or one of his fears came out of being abandoned or feeling like he was abandoned by his mom as a kid. And maybe that's the house's way of haunting him. Yeah. That's kind of how I, um, rationalized it. <laughs> and it and it's funny you with luke you have his connection to the house i believe that was the last place his mom was seen alive going into after that it's a mystery as to what happened to her and then you have luke's interaction uh on in several episodes now with his dead dad as well uh, he's trying to get the truth out of his father about what really happened with his mother. And I know there's a big surprise coming for us sometime in the next five episodes where hopefully we're going to get to find out the truth of what really did happen between Luke and his mom. Where do you see your character, Megan Donovan? Do you see her fitting into Luke's present in as far as helping him figure things out or even in his past that she's not even aware of hmm. 
that's sort of a complicated question. I'm sorry. <laughs> that's okay. That's that's interesting. I, I hadn't thought about like where it could go in terms of her helping him in a from the past. That's that's interesting. Um, I know for uh, the present, I, I definitely see Megan. She's that as that kind of caregiver, and um, you know, as much as he is there for her at the right time, um, because Brock isn't. Mm -hmm. and her house is like you know shooting books off of bookcases the fireplaces um, attacking you fireplaces are exploding whatnot um i think for luke megan's there at the right time too that she is someone that he um confides a bit with about his mom and that experience um maybe for the first time with anybody mm -hmm. and um and she, because she's so grounded um, she's able to provide that kind of like, you know, a, a bit of a pillar for him. A comfort zone, somebody that he can feel, he can trust, he can talk to about. And yeah. I, I think you'll be very curious, uh, you know, moving forward that we get into besides the episode by episode, different stories involving different houses that they start building a background story that spans multiple episodes. Like the story between you and Luke is a part of that right now. You guys met in the first episode, but your chemistry is growing as we are halfway through the season now. And I think it would be great to continue building on that and seeing a deeper connection develop between Luke and Megan that involves possibly finding out the truth with his mom that wasn't a question i don't expect you to answer it because it'd be giving stuff <laughs> away but personally i'm really looking forward to see where the writers take it in regards to that 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 has me uh really really uh fascinated uh, as far as the show's future i assume everything is still you know let's wait and see where the season is where it finishes as far as getting a season two and whatnot, correct? Correct. Yeah, we still we still uh, don't know anything about a season two yet. That'd be we fun. Are, we are so hopeful, though. <laughs> now, when Adam was on here, I mentioned this earlier as well. Uh, he made a lot of Ghostbuster references. Do you see that in in the show? <laughs> Were you a Ghostbusters fan? Okay, so I a bit of a scaredy cat when it comes to scary things and i know that ghostbusters is like mild scary and like kids watch it that being said i i couldn't <laughs> <laughs> so the ghostbuster references are kind of over my head because um you never watched I, it i or if i think i've watched like part of it but Honestly, like I can't even remember. I was yeah. probably under a blanket. <laughs> well, it's very similar to surreal estate where, you know, they build these contraptions and they trap ghosts. And that's I love it. Uh, now, as a fan of surreal estate, which character, even yourself included, do you find most fascinating? Is it Luke? Is it Father Phil? We got a deep dive probably one of the deepest dive in Father Phil, Adam's character, last week. 
Um, and I like that we got to see the different layers in him, uh, how he admits to missing being a priest, and that whole exchange while he was sitting there and you saw the portrait of Jesus and he was having a conversation with it, that that was very touching. Um, which character, if you're looking at it from a fan's point of view, do you think is most intriguing and has like the biggest the the more depth to them Mm, that's a really good question i mean from a fan's point of view i I feel like there's such a wide spectrum of of fans who are tuning in so i'm not sure if there's one you know like figure that stands out um i know personally i i I really enjoyed um, Father Phil's uh, character. Um, I think that that is, I mean, he played it so beautifully and it was written so well. And we don't get to hear that, that character, that, that voice very often. And, um, and so I was definitely like intrigued to know, I, I wanted, I wanted to know more about, about Father Phil and, His and, and I got that. Yeah, um, we did. That, yeah. I messaged him right after the episode. I'm like, Adam, that was, that was freaking fantastic. Great yeah. job. Now yeah. we have a new realtor in the team that could potentially be competition for Megan, let's say. <laughs> Uh, what can you tell us about that? Well, I, I don't have much to tell. (laughs) (laughs) I mean, I'm going to be team Megan (laughs) until the cows come home. So (laughs) now, Um, now it's looking good so far. The, uh, what's, what's the character? What's her name? Susan? Susan. Yeah. Susan. Yeah. Susan, the, you know, the very ambitious realtor. Um, you got to love her drive. She actually is in support of Luke and Megan. Uh, She's been pushing, you know, for them to build on something and pushing Luke, even though he likes to describe his neat little piles, his personal pile and his business pile. But he's been pushing her, him, to go for it with you. Yeah. And yeah. uh, Yeah, and Susan, you know, her past job went up in flames, literally, because of her relationship with her boss. Mm -hmm. So um, I think she she mentions that from the pilot. It does, yeah. It's kind of a a path that she's not interested in going down again. So it'd it'd be interesting to see if that's ever explored. Um, but it is definitely Susan is that character who has been like the most, um, uh, encouraging and supportive of bringing uh, Megan and Luke together to seek out Megan. Yeah. Yeah. But there's there's still a part of me though, that thinks that she may have a thing for him and she knows that it's wrong. She, like you said, she's been down, down that road with her old boss and it ended very badly for her. So I'm hoping she's genuine because I like, you know, team Megan and Luke better. Uh, (laughs) And I like Susan and Luke being just becoming good work friends. 
mm-hmm. and having somebody uh, to trust. How do you find working um, with, uh, and I am forgetting the actor's name. God, it's on. Oh, Sarah there. Levy? No, oh, Luke. Oh, oh, Tim. Tim. Thank yeah. you. How do you yeah. find working with Tim and your guys' scenes together? Is he easy to work with? You guys have a lot of fun? Yeah, he's very easy to work with. Um, he's he's very generous in scenes and, you know, on and off camera. Um, I didn't know him before um, working with him. And, and the first time I met him face-to-face was when we started actually acting together in a scene because there was there was just no time and because of covid protocols yeah. no one was allowed to kind of because yeah and um and yeah i had heard that he was just a lovely guy to work with really down to earth and super cool and sure enough he was, <laughs> he was. now uh i know you, the majority of your work has been in television uh have you done any uh, a lot of films um a few films um and some short films and uh yeah indie films some so a little bit but definitely tv tv is uh is knocking more on my door <laughs> do you find but I do get to, yeah Oh, sorry. I was going to ask you, do you find one being a bigger comfort zone for you than another? I mean, TV, I think, has become a bit of that because I'm just so much more used to it. I'm used to the pace and um, I know what to do now to to prep and, and, um, and I like the energy of it, how quick it is. Um, film film has a beautiful quality to it that I'd love to do more. Mm-hmm. And um, the last film I worked on was with Adam McGoyan on um, his, his project. And it was, yeah, it was, it was refreshing because I'd been doing so much TV and all of a sudden I was in this new environment where everyone was kind of taking a breath before, you know, before executing something and and i mean they had the time and and funds to do that yeah yeah <laughs> but um it, it was a nice change change face now as your as your career progresses uh do you want to explore a lot more different characters uh do you want to push your limits maybe even do actual uh a scary horror movie would you do you find yourself because you know when you're filming a horror movie it's not the same as watching it you know you're there you know everything is fake uh are you interested if somebody comes calling you and say hey and we have this script we want you to read it's a bona fide horror film really scary but if the character is intriguing to you would you do you see yourself taking on that role a hundred percent. Yeah, I I would I would love that. It, it's exactly what you just said. It's totally different to be in it as it is to be watching it. And um, I I love the um, the heightened intensity of acting in a horror yeah. genre. That uh, that's thrilling to me. And so I think I would have a lot of fun 
Now, how important to you is it as an actress to see what you can do? Keep pushing your boundaries when it comes to roles. Uh, see what you're capable of. Uh, is that something you want to explore to keep pushing your limits and seeing just how far you can take things? For sure. Yeah, for sure. I think it, it, I think that's what makes a career satisfying for me is to be able to try different characters and explore different mindsets of characters and, and people and see how it comes through me as a performer. Um, that's where, you know, that's where all the gold is when you get to really stretch. Yeah. And I've been able to do it a little bit more in theater, um, in cast in when, when I've been cast in theater. And so, um, yeah, that is something that I want more and more in my t TV career. Now, surreal estate has a huge potential of becoming a long running series. Uh, and I'm not just saying that it can go three, four, five, six seasons. I could see it happening very easily as an actress. Again, going back to the whole actress question, do you see yourself getting locked into a character for that amount of time as being restrictive to you as an artist? Mm -hmm. uh, or, would you be happier playing Megan Donovan for, you know, two or three seasons and yet still be able to explore different characters and try to bring them to life? You know, I think it depends on how the storyline gets written because I don't, I don't have any problem with playing a, a, a character um, for a long period of time if they are put into different experiences and situations that that demand different kinds of exploration mm -hmm. that I wouldn't have a problem with. And a show like surreal estate, because there's so many, I mean, I realize that every episode there's a house, you know, and there's a specific entity that is being dealt with, but the scope of in that is so huge. And, you know, you can play with present time. You can play with future past. Like, yeah. um, there's that, a lot of room for growth. There's so much room for growth. Exactly. So, uh, I like the writing so far on the show. Uh, do you like how the writers are taking the show? And do you feel as the show progresses and hopefully gets renewed for a season two, we they are going to make uh, the character, your character, Megan Donovan, uh, a lot more... Because we really don't know you that well yet. Uh, we The first episode was... A lot about you and then since then you you know you've popped up here and there are, are you really fascinated to see well you already know at least for the next five episodes where the character goes but are you really interested to see if it goes beyond that how the writers take the character of Megan Donovan and how deep they explore her and what you can do to make her your own your own character mm. Mm-hmm. Yeah, I am interested to see where else she can go, what the writers would, would do with her. I think there's, you know, the, I was talking to Adam about it at one point um, when we were shooting about, like, is, it, is there room at the agency for Megan? Do you need 
I was thinking, do you need an on-site doctor? Because <laughs> there are a lot of things that go awry in those houses. And maybe, yeah. maybe you need a, a medical professional. <laughs> and within that, you know, her being present um, to their their encounters with the houses a bit more, it'd be interesting to see her angle on it. Maybe she gets swept up in it, or maybe she is this kind of anchor that that keeps keeps things grounded. I'm not sure, but um, I'd be very interested to see what they what they could do with her for sure. Personally, would you like to see Megan, uh, from what we've seen so far, be kept separated from the from Luke's job besides that first episode where he came to work for you? and have her story just be involved with Luke and become friends with, you know, the rest of the realtors? Or would you like to see her actually becoming, like you just said, more and more involved with his team and even possibly contribute? Would you like to see that? Um, Selfish Tennille would like to see that because I had so much fun playing with the other actors too, as well as Tim. Yeah. Um, uh, it, it, I, I have more and more um, story overlap with the agency and the members in the agency in the, the next five episodes. Okay, that's good and, to know. Um, and so being able to, you know, play with Adam and, and Sarah and Mo and um, Savannah. It was it was a lot of fun. And so, of course, I would love that. Um, it'd be interesting, I guess, to see. I would I would like to play whatever whatever avenue would give me the most. I guess like growth freedom. and freedom. Yeah. yeah, and and like new new things to explore that whichever one the right the writers whichever avenue the writers would think oh there's more potential here or there's more scope over here i would take that because i think both avenues are fabulous and it yeah. would just be a matter of of what you could do with it now in the beginning you mentioned theater is uh theater and keeping the door open to doing more theater or something you want to happen you i mean it's not something that's in your past you're not going back to it uh it sounded like you really have a passion for theater and if an opportunity arises and you have the time it sounds to me like you would jump at the chance to do theater again totally i i i definitely would it um it it's definitely where I came from, and um, I think if there was a way to, you know, slip a production into a year uh, or every so often, I'd, I'd be, I'd be pretty happy about that. Yeah, that would be awesome as well. Uh, I can't believe, but we're almost out of time. I want to. Any final thoughts on the show, guys? If you don't know, we haven't mentioned this yet. The show is called Surreal Estate. It's available on the Sci-Fi channel here in the United States. Uh, where is it available in Canada for people to watch? So it's on um, CTV Sci-Fi. Okay. And you can watch it on the network, or I think it's also available on the website, on their app. And it's uh, at the same time, Friday nights? That's right. 
Yep, so the show is called Surreal Estate, guys. It's on Friday nights on the Sci-Fi channel. It's a great show. It's not like your edge of your seat, scary, oh my God, I'm not going to be able to sleep with the lights off tonight type of horror. It's a nice blend of uh, some spooky stuff, very deep character development, storytelling, and there is a stinging arising between Tennille and Tim in a love interest that I'm very fascinated to see where it goes. Tennille, thank you so much for being our guest. Any final thoughts you want to share with our audience? Oh, um, no, you just summed up the show so nicely, and I, I appreciate you inviting me on to be a part of this. This is wonderful. I'm so happy that you joined us. I'm so happy that I got a chance to talk to you, and I was happy to meet Adam last week. You really does sound like you are all a great bunch of people to work with. And I can totally see you guys having so much fun on the set together. And I totally believe that you guys have a group chat going, talking about a possible <laughs> next season. I wouldn't lie about that. <laughs> no, no, no. I know you wouldn't. Thank you so much. <laughs> guys, thank you so much for tuning in. Uh, just a little side note, tomorrow's episode uh is starting with our guest peter dukes is starting at 4 15 p.m eastern on behalf of tenille reed and myself please stay safe and always stay walking good night everybody thank you <laughs>